Welcome to On Wisconsin Workforce with the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development. I'm Caleb Frostman, your host and secretary of DWD. I'm here to talk about Wisconsin workforce development and economic development here in our great state. Today on On Wisconsin Workforce, I'll be discussing Wisconsin job numbers with Chief Wisconsinist Dennis Winters, apprenticeship with the new director of the Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards, Joshua Johnson, and finally, I'll be interviewed about my first year as secretary at DWD by my communications director, Ben Jed. We'll begin with Dennis Winters, our Chief Wisconomist here at DWD, to discuss November's job numbers. Dennis, thanks for joining us. What are your overall takeaways from 2019, both for Wisconsin's economy and for the national economy? Well, yeah, uh, overall, 20, 2019 was a good year, uh, economically speaking. Uh, GDP and job growth slowed from the previous year, but that was expected as the fiscal injections of the tax cuts and federal spending played out. And the world dealt with some lagging growth through Europe and South America and a lot of the developed world. But still, we continue to see economic and job growth in the longest expansion in U.S. history. The U.S. hiring streak has now reached an interrupted 110 months, far the longest streak in, that we've seen in history. Wisconsin, too, has continued to add jobs in 2019. The private sector is up almost 10,000 jobs year over year through November. The national and uh, state unemployment rates, too, are at, at or near historic lows. 2019 was a, was a fair year for us. Well, that's good. Well, looking forward into your uh, into your crystal ball, you know, what can we expect in 2020, again, both in our state and across the country? Uh, I, I see much the same for 2020. Satisfactory job growth. Uh, you know, the higher job growth leads to higher aggregate earnings. Uh, and so more consumption, and, and consumption is about 70% of the U.S. economy. So as long as we keep hiring and keep paying and people keep spending, the, uh, the economy will keep going. The big unknown yet is uh, trade policy. If we continue to see the progress uh, on trade policy, I expect a nice boost for 2020 economy. Right. And if, uh, if the trade policy, um, you know, we see it through fruition for, uh, for uh, Chinese, Chinese uh, trade policy and, and, and Europe, uh, we'll expect an increase in capital investment, which has been lagging lately So uh, through the uncertainty. So that investment will underpin the uh, economy's foundation and, and add to GDP growth going forward. Now, your team is finalizing the 2019 county workforce profiles. What are some of the key takeaways from that study? And, you know, what are some of the fastest growing industry sectors in different parts of our state? Uh, yeah, we, we produce county profiles every odd numbered year. Uh, we should be releasing this uh, 2019 batch early in, in 2020. It's one of our most popular products uh, that we put out. People use them for grants and all sorts of other, other information. But in each profile, as you know, breaks out the demographic and workforce and economic situation of all uh, 72 Wisconsin counties. But this year's set of profiles shows a bit of a mixed bag actually across the state. So um, some counties in the state are in better economic shape than others and much of it has to do with, with population though and, and workforce growth. Some counties just aren't seeing the labor force growth needed to support a healthy economy. We know there's a workforce quantity challenge across the state and through the upper Midwest actually in the western world. But, uh, but a number of counties, particularly in the northern tier of the state, are facing limited workforce growth at best, and this is hampering their economic growth prospects. Mostly, though, we continue to see job gains in construction, healthcare, and IT. Uh, construction is still catching up with demand after the Great Recession, and healthcare continues to expand, both acute and ambulatory care. Uh, so long-term care is also expanding, as you might expect, due to the aging population. So, And IT is everywhere, right? Continues to permeate about every aspect of business and industry and consumer life. So we, as we increasingly automate and interconnect our economy, it'll run on hardware and software. 
Uh, much has been said about QCEW, the quarterly census of employment and wages uh, versus CES, with this, which is current employment statistics data, and how QCEW and CES are providing two different stories about the Wisconsin job picture. Uh, can you help us explain the difference between uh, QCEW and CES, uh, and maybe explain some of the positives and negatives for both of those data sets? Uh, yeah, you can get into the weeds pretty quickly with both of these, but um, yeah, lately we've been seeing a divergence in the QCEW versus the CES manufacturing data over the last several months. Months. So uh, our analysis indicates that the CES data are currently underestimating Wisconsin's manufacturing employment growth. So we, we like the CES, the current employment statistics uh, jobs data, because they're timely. We get state and local CES data within a couple weeks after the month. So we've already got November CES data in, um, and, looks, and that looks good. Uh, but the CES data are built on a sample of businesses, a subset of the whole. Uh, so they're subject to uh, revision monthly and, and annually. And the QCW, on the other hand, the quarterly census of employment and wages uh, data, that lags about six months. So it's not quite as prompt and uh, as, as an indicator as the CES. The QCW data constitutes a census of business employment in Wisconsin. So about 96% of all employment is covered through the QCW data. Uh, we consider a gold standard uh, for jobs data. We, we use both series, recognizing their benefits and the caveats of each, and they're, and they're both information that we pay attention to. Speaking of more data, uh, in the first quarter of every year, uh, the United States Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, benchmarks the CES data. Um, you know, what do you expect to see after that benchmarking process is complete? CES data is revised in the spring to better align with the QCW data. Uh, then they re-estimate the CES model to for the coming year's projections, uh, based off, again, that sample that they take uh, going forward. But last year, we knew the CES data were overestimating Wisconsin manufacturing jobs, and this year we see CES underestimating manufacturing jobs. So, so yeah, we, we expect to see um, Wisconsin CES manufacturing jobs in particular uh, revised a higher amount come uh, this spring with the benchmarking process. Um, we've known that, and, uh, and we're looking forward, looking forward to that happening and that being reported. Well, Dennis, we appreciate it. I hear from our listeners all the time how much they appreciate your insights and uh, <laughs> our monthly updates. So six podcasts in. You're a very uh, popular segment on the podcast, so we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Now that we've discussed job numbers with Dennis, we are very excited uh, to be joined today by our brand new director of the Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards, Joshua Johnson. Josh, welcome to the show. Well, Joshua, you've recently been named the new director of the Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards, and your background in the field actually started when you became an apprentice. Can you tell us how you got started? So in 2005, I contacted a company called Walsh Construction, and they were doing a project. They were doing the market interchange project, and I ended up going there, filling out an application, had no clue kind of what I was doing. I just knew they made some pretty good money. So I wanted to go in and find out if they were hiring at the point uh, they were. So I started, uh, put me out in the field for a couple weeks and said, hey, you got two weeks to prove that you're worth, you know, that you're worth it. And two weeks after I started, they came out and that's when they offered me an opportunity to come into the uh, construction craft laborers apprenticeship through Local 113 down in Milwaukee. I, that was in 2005 and I left from construction in 2010. Uh, during that time frame, I completed my apprenticeship, my construction craft laborers apprenticeship. And uh, I moved into a journey worker role, uh, moved up to grade checker, and I built uh, highways in Milwaukee and in Chicago. 
And for that, uh, when I left in 2010, shortly after, then I started my career in state service, which is where then I came in. I worked for DVR for a little over a year as a business service consultant, and then got connected with the uh, Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards as an apprenticeship training representative, a field rep. And so I was able to use the skills that I had, the understanding that I had of apprenticeship. I was able to bring that to my professional role now as an apprenticeship rep. And then uh, shortly after that, promoted into the section chief and now as the bureau director. That's quite the career path. That's something we talk about a lot, our career pathways internal at DWD and at the state and of course external. So that's excellent. And, you know, this is a relatively new role, the the director uh, position for you a couple weeks uh, into it. Um, but I know you have a, a bigger vision for apprenticeship uh, in your head and you've had it for a while. Uh, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your plans to expand apprenticeship outreach? One of the, the biggest things that, that I'm looking at doing is um, Wisconsin has a respected tradition since 1911 of registered apprenticeship. Um, we've built a very strong tradition and based off of that strong tradition start to build off of that. The one pillar definitely to build off of that is to expand into what I call new collar sectors. Um, so there's areas that traditionally people didn't think about as apprenticeship areas. Obviously the majority of our apprenticeship contracts are in construction and manufacturing. So one of the big things that I want to do is to try to expose those other areas to apprenticeship to, to get programs built inside of those sectors so that the employers are able to utilize the benefits of the apprenticeship program as a workforce solution. Some of that also with our uh, continued growth in our traditional spaces, focusing on uh, women and minorities or underrepresented populations, um, getting into the construction and manufacturing field, uh, finding ways to assist them to become qualified, minimally qualified to get into their apprenticeships uh, with those sectors. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is, uh, my biggest focus is constantly trying to figure out how to be nimble so that when industry calls, we can answer the call. We don't give no's in apprenticeship. Um, we give, let's see what we can do to make it work it out. And we really work with the employer or the industry and all to try and see the facets of what they need and then what we can provide. One of the, the last parts of that, um, and obviously there's, there's a lot when it comes into expansion. One of my main focuses over the next year, almost two years, is as we build new apprenticeship programs and then some are existing to kind of bring them in, is to look at how we build the related instruction to have associate's degree level classes built in so that when individuals graduate from the apprenticeship program, they also graduate with an associate's degree. We are doing it down in Milwaukee right now with the electricians. It is something that uh, MATC has embarked on, and they are great partners in doing that and looking at thinking totally outside the box, but also using it as a fantastic way to market registered apprenticeship to parents. We know that parents look for that degree attainment, and for us in apprenticeship world, hey, a completion certificate in apprenticeship is fantastic. But for those who aren't familiar with apprenticeship, they may look at it and say, oh, that's nice that you have it. But now you have this associate's degree tied to it that is in that field of work, not an associate, just a general associate's degree, but creating a pathway for that associate's degree in that field of work. Pretty big vision, and I think um, we talked about it a little bit in your last answer, but a lot of folks do assume apprenticeship is in manufacturing or the trades, uh, but I think we're starting to see that earn and learn model where you're learning a skill while earning a living wage is really effective in, in other fields. So be curious uh, to maybe expand upon um, you know, how DWD is changing the face of apprenticeship and kind of our reach through into new industries. So a few of the new sectors that we went into, um, we're looking at IT, healthcare, uh, biotech, transportation, ag. Those are just to name a few that we're going into. And the idea there is I kind of talked about that with the, the new collar. We want to look at those areas that are that have traditionally not been considered apprenticeship. 
um, and to, to change what the face of apprenticeship looks like. Many of the people I talk to, uh, even in where, you know, uh, in my neighborhood or in my community or all across the state, they hear apprenticeship, the first thing they think about is construction. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's great, so apprenticeship is just construction. It's like, no, apprenticeship is not just construction. In fact, apprenticeship is a program that construction uses mm-hmm. to train workers. So it really is changing the mindset of people to understand fully that, Apprenticeship is just a outline of a program, a training program, a tried and true and proven training program that industries are able to use to either upskill or recruit a new and diverse workforce. So the idea there is uh, we want to keep looking at sectors that want our help and that want to get us involved. And we see a few here and there uh, offshoots, uh, maybe not a full industry, but we've seen some uh, employers in uh, sectors that are non-traditional reach out to us and say, hey, we'd like to create this opportunity. What can we do? Um, and it's interesting. I have friends and family that ask all the time and think about career changes and they think I'll have some unique insight. And I almost always uh, you know, recommend exploring apprenticeship for that exact reason, that it's really uh, offers some diverse opportunities. So you know, if you were to give the pitch, why should Wisconsinites consider apprenticeship when looking at a new job or maybe changing careers? Well, the first thing I would say is uh, the employers in Wisconsin, our, our apprenticeship sponsors are strong. Um, they're staunch supporters of apprenticeship, and they're, they're fantastic to work with. And those employers who utilize the registered apprenticeship model, they have proven to be loyal to their employees. They have proven that they are um, invested in giving their, the, their employees slash apprentices the opportunity for growth. They want to see those individuals come in at a certain level and then raise them up and help them move through the the career ladder. Those are probably my two biggest things. Um, Obviously, besides apprenticeship being a very uh, great way to take care of your family, uh, the family sustaining wages that are received um, during an apprenticeship in some of the occupations, but then also as a journey worker. Uh, The big sell is as I'm continuing to create pathways with apprenticeship, one thing that I'm focused on as the director is no longer will apprenticeship be the end game. Whereas before we said, hey, you want to become an apprentice. That's great. You become an apprentice, you become a journey worker, and you can be whatever you want for the rest of your career in that what you became a journey worker in. What I want to focus on, much like my career did, is that apprenticeship becomes a part of your pathway. It becomes a part of your career pathway. For those that want to stay in that occupation, that they were an apprentice and they're a journey worker, great. But what can we do for those that may not? How can we create a pathway inside their apprenticeship that they're serving to help them continue to grow in other areas, grow in state government, grow in um, whatever it is the, that their interest is in? Because sometimes apprenticeship, much like college, is something that you go to at the time that you're interested in, and then you find other interests as you grow, as you create a family, you know, as, as you go down that path of life, you want to be able to switch gears when you can. And I'm hoping that we can help with creating that, uh, that kind of pathway um, inside of apprenticeship. Um, now, DWD has been working on providing more apprenticeship opportunities for our youth. Uh, I think really pleased to have a record number of youth apprentices this year with 10% year-over-year growth anticipated for next year. Uh, but one of the things we want to work on is helping connect youth apprentices. Would you mind uh, maybe telling us a little bit more about youth apprenticeship and our newly expanded bridge program into registered apprenticeship? So one of the, I, I, this is one of actually my favorite areas of apprenticeship. Don't tell my RA people that, but the YA part um, of BA is one of my favorite. The YA program was built to 
what I look at it as, it was built to give a high school student exposure to industry, exposure to, you know, how it's going to be when you get out there. And, and it's not telling you you're going to go this route and you're going to do this, but it's giving you that exposure. Whereas when we created the bridge, the idea there was for those those students who are very interested, who are like, this, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to focus on. I want to be a machinist. I want to be a maintenance technician. We now have the ability to bridge them over into a registered apprenticeship program at the company they're working at or at another company in their area if they so choose, and they can receive credit for that youth apprenticeship towards their registered apprenticeship contract, which is great because it gives them advanced standing. Um, In some cases, depending on the wage progression, they may jump a wage when they come into the registered apprenticeship, but then also it gives our uh, registered apprenticeship employers uh, the opportunity to go down and have a uh, have a tool to recruit inside of the high schools with using the youth apprenticeship program and saying, hey, you guys are interested in youth apprenticeship. We're XYZ company. We offer youth apprenticeship and we offer registered apprenticeship. So we're going to show you what our career pathway looks like. And those are some of the things that have been very, very successful. LDI Industries um, is one that I think about over on uh, on the, the, the shores of Lake Michigan. Um, they are one of the strongest companies that has been doing the, the, the bridging even before we formally created a bridge. Um, they were able to show students the path within their company if they became a youth apprentice than a registered apprentice. So we're looking forward to continuing to use that bridge as much as possible. And the other part of that is, is the YA, uh, the Youth Apprenticeship Modernization Project, where the curriculum is becoming modernized. One thing that we noticed, there are some fantastic clusters within YA. And when we look at RA, registered apprenticeship, we don't have registered apprenticeships that match up with every one of those. And next year we'll be focusing on that. How can we look at what we have for YA, what those clusters are, and how can we make sure we have registered apprenticeships created so that if an individual is in one of those um, those occupational areas, that when they complete, if they want to go on, they can become a registered apprentice. That is also a way that I'm looking at how we can expand because some of the areas that we're not in are not traditional apprenticeship areas. So focusing and targeting on that so that we can create this seamless path for juniors and seniors as they, you know, grow, they graduate from high school, and they want to move on with their life to create that seamless path right into an occupation that's family sustaining. We talk a lot about youth apprenticeship, and I love that you mentioned, you know, it gives high school juniors and seniors a chance to test drive careers and companies Mm -hmm. and industries, and it introduces, you know, employers to potential long-term employees, and that is a really unique uh, set of circumstances. And I know we're really proud we're putting together our year-end accomplishments, and one of those we're so proud about, in addition to the increase in youth apprentices, uh, is the increase in utilization of that bridge program. So, Kudos to the, the Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards, and we're excited to uh, see what 2020 brings. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Next, DWD's Communications Director, Ben Jed, uh, will be interviewing me about my first year here at DWD. Can you believe you are coming up on your one-year anniversary as Secretary-Designee? How is your first year as DWD Secretary going? Uh, I have a hard time believing it's been a year. Uh, It's been a really fast year. It's been busy, uh, but it's been rewarding. It's been fun, and I think most of us feel like it's going really well. I think I'm probably most proud of and grateful for our amazing team here at DWD. We have uh, 1,600 civil servants and, of course, an awesome team of uh, appointees. Uh, It's been great to travel the state and listen to folks as to what's working well, uh, where we can be helpful, and so we 
we've had a, a really busy, busy first year, but it's been, like I said, really rewarding uh, and really fun. I think it's gone really well. How is your background in finance and as executive director of the Door County Economic Development Corporation prepared you for this position as secretary of the Department of Workforce Development? You know, I think having a background in economic development has been really helpful um, from a couple of perspectives, but being familiar with a lot of the workforce issues and some of the successful programming uh, in the state and throughout the region has been helpful. Um, and I think, you know, doing economic development in uh, a rural part of the state has helped identify some of the issues, but also um, having experienced them firsthand, whether it's, um, you know, roads, broadband, uh, school funding, uh, some of these things, uh, you know, I've experienced myself. And so that's been really helpful. And then it's interesting as I, you know, navigate this role and, and work with folks across Wisconsin and within the state uh, government, I really find um, that my background in, in banking has been just as helpful um, looking for the, the economic levers uh, that we can pull on to make a difference um, and just some of the, the analysis that went into, you know, that part of my career for um, a decade has been really helpful in communicating and identifying and analyzing uh, the programs we have here at DWD. Reflecting back on this year, what event or program has had the most profound impact on you? So there's been a lot. I think I've really enjoyed many of the events. I look back really fondly on a couple of apprenticeship signings. Those are a pretty cool uh, event, whether it's for youth apprentices or for registered apprentices. Uh, there were two really emotional uh, graduation ceremonies for um, correctional facilities that got uh, certificates in, um, I believe, industrial maintenance, uh, which were really powerful. Um, but for me, hands down, it's almost always going to be, you know, Project Search graduations. <laughs> As I get older, I find I cry a lot easier. I cry at TV shows, movies, uh, and the occasional commercial. But the only time I've cried at work is at a Project Search graduation. And I think it's a combination of, you know, seeing the newfound confidence in the graduates, uh, the pride of their families, and the love um, from the instructors for these for these students is so compelling. And, you know, not just the employment results. A lot of them um, come out and work full-time and are economically independent. Uh, but it's the change in their self-image in their confidence and their demeanor. You know, a lot of these events, they talk about, you know, a picture being worth a thousand words and they show a picture of the students on the very first day and then you see them in person at the graduation and it's just mind-blowing to see um, the change in how they carry themselves, how they feel about themselves. Um, and it's just, it's unbelievable. And uh, I look forward to those every time I go. After leading the department for a year, uh, what do you see as the greatest challenges and opportunities for the Wisconsin workforce moving into 2020? So I think as far as challenges, th these haven't changed all that much over the last few years. We continue to have a really tight labor market. And, you know, as Dennis Winters uh, likes to say, when you have a, a numbers problem, you have a skills issue. And so it really is incumbent upon all um, of the workforce stakeholders across Wisconsin and across the Midwest to do all we can to make sure we don't let anyone slip through the cracks and make sure our programming is effective and efficient to widen that workforce net, to strengthen it. Um, but then also, I think it's a challenge and an opportunity that, you know, there's been a hesitancy, uh, I think, to discuss uh, to discuss and then program around um, wages. And so we've been really cognizant of, you know, of course, we're going to care about the quantity of jobs that we fill through our programming in the state. We also want to make sure it's, it's quality uh, jobs and career paths we're putting folks on because, you know, just being able to pay your bills um, isn't good enough for me. I want to make sure folks are able to invest in in their homes, in their families, in their communities, and in their futures. And so we're going to focus equally on on quantity and quality. And then you know some of those opportunities continue to be you know how do we widen 
widen the workforce net and how do we strengthen it? And I think, you know, we've been really um, strategic, thought big picture about, you know, corrections and reentry. Uh, we've tried to expand our uh, our offerings in the, the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation, which helps folks with disabilities, and then strengthening that workforce net through programs like apprenticeship and through other employment training opportunities uh, to make sure those are quality opportunities. So we feel really optimistic, uh, feel very bullish about the workforce going forward, and uh, we have a lot to look forward to in 2020. Speaking of looking forward to 2020, uh, what do you hope to accomplish next year? So we just wrapped up uh, an audit of the Wisconsin Fast Forward Program, and I think, you know, being familiar with that uh, from my past life, you know, I think there's a lot of potential potential there. And I think there's really, you know, an opportunity to to improve and enhance that program to really uh, advocate for the advancement of Wisconsin's workers uh, to the benefit of the entire economy for entrepreneurs, for business owners, for um, just consumers through not only, again, employment gains, uh, but through wage increases. And so we're really excited to kind of revamp that program to make sure it's as effective as it can possibly be um, in advancing um, economic stability and um, economic growth for Wisconsin families. And then also, I think, you know, top line um, 2020 item that I'm really excited about is uh, that we are planning to open four new job centers in correctional facilities within Wisconsin. So within the last, oh, probably 14 or 15 months, Wisconsin has opened two new job centers. Um, so to, uh, I guess, triple that number, adding four new ones for a total of six and we've just seen great outcomes from these job centers in Craigsville from a resume building job coaching uh, perspective but also just being able to submit an, an online application uh, as opposed to a handwritten letter with a return address of a prison uh, this is life-changing stuff for inmates and and with Wisconsin releasing about 9,000 inmates a year um, this is really a smart investment from a community ranchery standpoint uh, for a family stability standpoint and also for uh, our economy this is a, a pretty unique opportunity to help folks um, have a smooth transition back into their community, back into the society, and also back into our economy. So you've traveled all over the state this year. Uh, you visited many job centers, met with DWD employees. Uh, as the year wraps up, what message do you want to share with the people of Wisconsin? Yeah, I think the message we want to share is that we appreciate the collaboration across the state of Wisconsin. We've seen um, you know, the areas that are doing very well as far as workforce development, whether that's attraction or retention. Uh, there's strong collaboration between the K-12 districts, the tech college, the universities, private employers, chambers of commerce, those kind of things. So know that that's uh, noticed and appreciated, uh, but that also, you know, we appreciate the great work of our DWD employees across the state of Wisconsin. Uh, they do really important work and they do it well every single day and just know that we're really optimistic and hopeful for uh, what 2020 has to bring and we're excited based on, on where we're at and where we can go and what's out there for us to accomplish. So uh, a lot of good things uh, happening uh, going into 2020. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of On Wisconsin Workforce as well as the first year of six podcasts. If you want to learn more about the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development, check out our website at www.dwd.wisconsin.gov. You can also follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn by searching for the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WI Workforce. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Department of Workforce Development Secretary Caleb Frostman, and this has been On Wisconsin Workforce.